to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. It's been about five weeks now when the people of Israel started building the walls of Jerusalem. They started with such energy and excitement and vigor. They had great determination and purpose in everything they were doing. But then like anything, when you're doing something good, you've always got those haters that are coming along and then Sanballat and Tobiah, they, they had to start hating. And they started yelling at the people and discouraging the people. And soon, the people couldn't see the hope in finishing. One by one, the people sort of started getting discouraged with one another, started fighting with one another, wanted to give up. Families started quitting. The building of the wall started to slow down. Nehemiah could see that the people were discouraged. So he had to figure out, what do I do next? How do I help? How do I realign the focus? How do I get us back on track of finishing what God has called us to do? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for this morning. And God, I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose and a desire to use each and every one of us, Lord, for what you've called us to do. And God, I ask, Lord, that you would speak and minister to us today. God, that we would hear from you, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts no matter what we're going through. God, I thank you that you are a big God doing big things in a big way. Lord, I ask that you would speak to your people at churches all over the valley this morning, Lord, wherever your people are. Lord, I pray for Jason over at Heritage and Caleb over at Desert Springs and Jared over at Desert City Church and Tyrone over at Bell Road Church. And Lord, I pray for Ashley over at CCV, Joshua over at The Refuge. God, I ask that you'd speak to us here at City View. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, and my name is um, Jeremiah Semler. I'm the, the lead pastor here at City View, and we're in the book of Nehemiah, and the, the series is titled, Let's Build This, and we're looking at this story of Nehemiah building the walls, and some of you, I know this is maybe your first week here. Some of you, maybe you missed a couple weeks, but we're right in the middle of building the wall, and the people of Israel, as I was telling in the story, they, they started off with, with great excitement and great energy. And we see here in, in chapter 4, verse 1, if you have a Bible, you can turn there. If you've got the Version Bible app, you can turn there. If you don't have either, you can look up here, and this is where we're going to be this morning. It says, now it came about that when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, rebuilding the wall, he became furious and very angry, and he mocked the Jews, and he spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy men of Samaria, and he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble, even burned ones? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was near him, and he said, even what they are building, if a fox should jump on it, he would break down the stone walls. As a great theologian once wrote, Taylor Swift, because the player's going to play, 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 and the hater's going to hate, 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 hate. Baby, I'm just going to shake, 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 shake. I shake it off. I shake it off. 
Heartbreaker's going to break, 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 break. And the fakers are going to fake, 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 fake. But baby, I'm not going to, but baby, I'm going to, I'm just going to shake, 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 shake. I shake it off. I shake it off. Ooh, 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 ooh. Haters are off. She actually asked me to perform with her next, uh, next time she comes through, so get your tickets now. Haters are always going to hate, aren't they? We have a pot in our house, um, in, our, in our bathroom, I believe it is, and it says, haters going to hate. You always have haters in life. You're always going to have those people that are going to distract, discourage, and try to do anything they can from keeping you from doing the work whether it's the work you're doing, the work God's called you to do, or anything, you're always going to have those people that just have negative things to say. Don't anybody else relate to that? You always have those people that tell you why you can't, how you can't, how you're going to fail, why you shouldn't, or anything like that. They're always going to tell you that. They're going to tell you why it's not going to work. And it was no different back in the day when the people of Israel were trying to build this wall. And all of a sudden, they're building the wall, and it started with hate. And it continued with hate and it ended with hate. And that's just sort of how it was. You always have those people. And if you look today, the people of Israel, they still get it today. And so there's discouragement. There's always those people that are going to come and they're going to be those naysayers and those people that just want to tear you down. What do you do in that moment? What do you do when you feel like giving up? What do you do when you feel like you can't anymore? What do you do when you feel like you can't move on because you, you start listening to the voices of, maybe I really can't. Maybe, I, maybe I'm never meant to do this. You know, there's so many people that felt like they couldn't, but they kept going. And then we have amazing things today, like whether it's iPhone or different movies or different books. I think it was uh, reading a book um, what book did I just finish? I finished a few of them. But um, with Jay, whatever Rawlings, the lady who wrote Harry Potter, J.K. Rawlings, I couldn't remember what. I was going to say J.R. Tolkien, but I'm like, no, that's not. Um, every manuscript she did before failed. She was down to her last few pennies. She had lost her marriage and everything had sort of fallen apart in her life, but she's like, I just know this is what I'm called to do. She didn't give up. You know, there's so many things in life where if people gave up because it failed the first time, where would we be today? Where would we be today if people gave up when their, their first song they wrote, everybody's like, really? And you call yourself a musician. I mean, where would we be today if the first, the first person that made the, the iPod, which before it was a phone, if they made it, and I'm sure the first one they made didn't work, and they're like, well, I guess I can't. Where would we be today if the first time we started walking and we fell and we gave up in that moment? Where would we be today? But you see, we didn't. So you see, God put inside each and every one of us a desire, a passion, and a drive to keep going. But at some point, we listened to the voices that said, you can't. But you, you see, when you're a baby, those voices never say you can't. They always say, you can. Don't they? Your mom and dad says, you can do it. You can do it. One more, one more try. And they get down on your level. And you do it. 
And that's why you're all walking today. Some of you with crutches and with a boot on, but it's okay. Um, that happens. But you're not going to give up going, I quit. I can't. I can't do this anymore. You keep going. You see, the people of Israel, what did they do in this moment when they felt like they couldn't? Nehemiah helped them realign. He says in verse, it says in verse 4, Nehemiah prays, Hear, O our God, how we are despised. Return their reproach on their heads and give them up for plunder in the land of captivity. You know what? Sometimes when you have haters, I'm going I'm to just, I'm not going to say go and do this, but I see it throughout the Psalms and here in Nehemiah. There's times where you just say, God, please give them what they deserve. Have you ever thought that's bad to do? I mean, I'm not going to say do it, but Nehemiah did. Um, he says, do not forgive their iniquity. I mean, be as gracious as you want people to be gracious to you. Do not forgive their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out before you. For they have demoralized the builders. Now, this is, Nehemiah is sort of telling you this story. You know, I opened with the story. And Nehemiah is sort of telling you how bad it was for the people. Can you imagine somebody standing in front of you saying, hey, if a fox jumped on your part of the wall, it's going to fall apart. How embarrassing is that? Foxes aren't big. They're tiny little things. Like as big as a cat. He says this. So we built the wall. And the whole wall was joined together to half its height. For the people had a mind to work. Now when Sanballat and Tobiah, the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard of the repair of the walls in Jerusalem went on and that the breaches began to be closed, they were very angry and, the, and all of them conspired together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance in it. Every time I read that, I kept wanting to think, and cause a disturbance in the force. Um, but I wasn't going to read that this morning. But we prayed to our God and because of them we set up a guard against them by day and night. You see, the people of Israel could easily have retaliated. They could easily have said, you know what, Jeremiah, Nehemiah, we're, let, let's take a break from building and let's go fight them. Let's go, let's go get our armies together and let's go fight them. That's what we, and so many of us, that's what our first response is, huh? Isn't it to retaliate? We're like, hey, why don't you start building the wall? I bet you can't do it. Or I'll bet you can't do this. I'll bet you wouldn't be able to finish it. I'll bet you would. We, we could easily retaliate. But what does Nehemiah do? He realigns their focus. And he says, don't give up, guys. Don't give up, ladies. Don't quit. Do your best. So he prayed. And they built. Then it says, verse 10, thus in Judah it was said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing. Yet there is much rubbish. And we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Our enemy said they will not know or see until we come among them and kill them and put a stop to the work. And when the Jews who had lived near them came and told us ten times, ten times, how many, you guys, how many of us have been hated on before? You've been told you can't? Anybody in here? Yeah, you all have? Been told you can't? Ten times. Can you imagine somebody telling you 10 times, you can't do that. You are going to fail. You're never going to amount to anything. You are never, and you want to know the sad thing is? There are some people that that's all they've been told their whole life is they can't. Is they can't. The other day I was telling my son, I said, I was telling my son Joel, I said, Joel, do you want to know why I'm proud of you? I said, it's not because you are the best. It's not because you're doing all the things that you do. I said, Joel, I'm proud of you because you're my son. I'm proud of you because of who you are. That's why I'm proud of you. 
When you do great things, whether it's school or whatever, that I, I love that, Joel, but I'm not proud of you because of how good you do. I'm proud of you because you are my son. And that's what we see in Scripture. That's what we see in God's love and Jesus' love for us. He's proud of us and he loves us because we're his kids. That's why. And so these guys are discouraged and this is 10 times they came to us going, they're going to fight us, they're going to kill us, they're going to fight us, they're going to kill us, they're going to fight us, they're going to kill us. It says, and they will come upon us, against us, from every place where you turn. Then I stationed men. So Nehemiah is hearing this report. He says, then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the spaces behind the wall, the exposed places, and I stationed the people in, the fa- in, in families with their swords, spears, and bows. And when I saw their fear, I rose and I spoke to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people. And he said, do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And I love this part. He says, fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. And fight for your homes. And I think it's time that we do that now as people. That we stand up for one another. That we stand up for our families. That we stand up for what is right. Because society is attacking what is right. To call it whatever we want. Truth is truth, whatever is true to you. That's not true. There is truth. And Nehemiah is telling his people, fight for what is right. He says, fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your brothers. Fight for your sisters. Fight for your homes. Fight for your neighbors. Fight. Just because you know God is on your side, though, doesn't always make it easy, does it? Sometimes it still is tough. We can still become fearful, we can lose focus, and we can lose hope. And that's what was happening with the people. We can lose focus. <clears throat> What's sad is it so many times happens to us, too, as people, doesn't it? We lose focus. We, we lose passion, we lose excitement for, for what we're called to, for, for what we're desiring to do, and we forget that God has called us to something so much bigger than what we're doing. We can get distracted at church, we can get distracted at, at even the little things here, we can sort of lose focus on, okay, but why, why go every Sunday, I need to take a Sunday off? I'm tired, let me tell you, my, my son's Judah, his football game yesterday started an hour and a half late. It was supposed to start at 6.30. It started at 8. We didn't leave the field until 10. And we didn't get to bed till midnight. And as you know, I wake up at 4.30 every Sunday. I'm, I was tired. And it's, it's easy to allow those things to say, you know, I'm just going to sleep in. And somebody else will cover for me at City Kids. Or somebody else will do this. And we can easily think of those things. And that's what was happening to the people. They were allowing distractions and discouragement and discomfort to distract them from doing what God has called them to do. And they lost focus. They lost hope. They stopped building. They stopped the working. And they stopped doing what what they were so passionate about. They saw the vision at the beginning. And some of us, we saw the vision at the beginning of City View. But we're like, but why are we still in a movie theater? And we can lose focus. Are we ever going to get a real building? I don't know. I I ask the same thing. God, are we ever going to get look at something? Ever? What's your next plan? God's like, yeah, keep going. I said, okay. He says, but fight for the people. 
You see, and that's what Nehemiah tells them. He tells them there in verse 14, when I saw their fear, I rose and I spoke to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers and fight for your sons and fight for your daughters and your wives and your homes. He reminds them who is greater than their problem. He says, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. You see, we all come to problems in life. We all come to situations that seem so much bigger than we are. But what does Nehemiah do? He says, but look who's greater than your problem. Look who's greater than your fear. Look who's greater than what you're worried about. He says, look, he says, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Remember him. Remember him. And that's the same thing we are to do. And then Nehemiah continues in verse 15. And when the enemies heard that it was known to us that God frustrated their plan. And man, how much is it hated when you all of a sudden you figure out what your enemy is going to do? And you figure out, okay, this is their plan. And I love to see a good defense cover a good offense in football. I, I know some of you, you don't like football and whatever. But I love to see. There was a play in yesterday's, I believe it was the Alabama game that I was watching. Um, trying to remember, watched quite a few games. But there was a play where you saw the, the quarterback rolling out. And he had two wide receivers on the far right side. And the, 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 the defensive back, he saw what was coming. And he rolled out. And he picked it and took it all the way back because he knew what they were going to do. You see, and this is what happens. Nehemiah knew the plan of, of the enemy. He knew the plan that was told to him, so he gave his people this charge, and it says, and they were mad. They were frustrated because their plan had been ruined. Then all of us returned to the wall, each one of us to our work. From that day on, half of the servants carried on their work, while the other half carried their spears and their shields, their bows and their breastplates, and the captains were behind the whole house of Judah. Those who were rebuilding the wall and those who carried burdens to, um, took their load with one hand, um, doing the work and the other hand holding their weapon. As the builders, each one wore his sword girded at his side as he built while the trumpeter stood near. I said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive and we are separated on the wall um, far from one another. And then he says this, at whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we carried on the work. What I see here is something amazing. I don't know. What do you see? Do you see people coming together for one purpose? Don't you love it when people come together for one purpose that's a good purpose? People can come together for so many things. I mean, how many people wanted to come to that, come together for that whole New Mexico thing to storm what Area 51? Like a million people came together like, yeah, let's go find if there's aliens. That's great. That's great. And how many people right now, the NFL has this thing called, what the, it's the NFL 100. I, don't, I know some of you are like, you're not into football. Here's the thing, is the NFL is trying to get every person that watches football to volunteer 100 minutes this year. 100 minutes. For the cause of football. No glory to God. No glory to anything that's going pers- to push the kingdom forward or going to bring glory to Jesus' name. None of that. It's just, let's make you feel better by doing something good. 
And you help us accomplish this big goal that we want to sound good because we realize our name has been destroyed because of kneeling or not kneeling, because of how we took stances on concussions or anything like that. We, we want that. So we're going to try to build a better name for ourselves by you volunteering and you saying, man, look at that. The NFL is all about people. Man, they're so great. No, they're about making money. But, you know, how many of those people, how many people are going to sign up and go, man, if my favorite football player, if, if, if Hopkins is going to volunteer his 100 minutes, I can volunteer my 100 minutes. Yeah, that's great. But why? You see, their why is we just want to accomplish this for the good, but our why is we want to help people come to know Jesus. We want to help people belong in community, believe in Jesus, and become who God is calling them to be. That's our why. That's our why. When we say, hey, there's opportunities for you to, to be part of the team, that's our why. We want to help people belong. And right now we have a ton of people over in City Kids helping those kids belong. We want to help people believe, and that's why we have people who are ushers or worship team to help people believe in Jesus, to help people with us finding a seat or finding their next step. And that's why we do city groups and those things so that we can help people become who God is calling them to be. And so Nehemiah, he challenges the people. He says, let's come together. Let's rally together. Last week when I made that challenge, say, hey, we need people in City Kids. Five people said, hey, sign me up. Sign me up. What a beautiful thing. Now we need so many more in so many other areas. And, and I know some of you are like, Jeremiah, you say this every week. Nehemiah said it every week, and they were building a wall. So I don't think I'm far off. So we're like, well, I'm not called to do this. I'm sure the perfumer who was building the wall goes, uh, God didn't give me the gift of wall building. I'm a perfumer. I'm really great at making things smell good. That's what I'm called to do. And Nehemiah says, pick up a stone, build the wall. All right, yes, sir. The goldsmith's like, I'm a goldsmith. That's what I do. I make things pretty. I'm a gold guy. That's what I do. I, I, that's what I do. He's like, yeah, you're a, a wall builder now. That's what you're going to do. The officials, now you had the Tekoite officials last week. I don't know how many remember them. They, it says they stiffened their neck saying, I'm too good for that work. I can't stand at the door and say hi to somebody. I can't be in children's ministry and help somebody. I can't be an usher and do that. That's below me. I want something high up. I want authority. I want power. That's what I, that's the Tekoites. They're like, can we be the overseers of the block layers because that's what Nehemiah can I be part of your vision plan Nehemiah says no 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 I'm building the wall if I'm going to build the wall you're going to build the wall with me because we all work together today you want to know what I did somebody spilled I got a mop and I mopped it why it needed to be done it's part of the wall it's doing the work. It's, it's finding a need and filling the need and doing it. That's what you do. It's, it's what a family does. In our home, we have things that need to be picked up, and I don't say, hey, boys, that's yours. Now, sometimes I do because I'm trying to teach them also stop being messy slobs. You see, last week, five people said, man, I see it, Jeremiah. I want to be a part of it. I want to encourage the rest of you. If you have not joined a team, join a team. But you see, the haters didn't quit. Even though they saw Nehemiah and the people keep going, they didn't quit. Let's look at Nehemiah 6 now. You're saying, why are we skipping Nehemiah 5? You can read that on your own. Nehemiah 6 is the continuation of the story. Nehemiah 5, um, a bunch of people sort of get in trouble. Um, that's what happens in Nehemiah 5. The rich were taking advantage of the poor. That's what happens in Nehemiah 5. It says, verse 1. Now when it was reported to Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of the enemies that I had rebuilt the wall, 
and that no breach remained in it. Although at the time I had not set the gates, then Sambal and Geshem sent messengers to me saying, come, let us meet together and let us uh, at the meet at the plain. But, but, you know, but they were planning on harming me. So I sent this message. He says, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come to you? Why should I leave it and come to you? You see, when the distractions come and the adver- adverse adversaries come and when the haters come and the, the things start, start talking and discouraging you, when you are doing something for the Lord, the battle continues to go. It continues to fight. Let us remember Nehemiah's words as he says to the people, says, I am doing a great work. Whatever work you're doing is a great work. Discouragements are going to attack your mind. They're going to make you think you're not doing as good. It's, it's, what you're doing is not as important. Whether it's, It could be running a soundboard. Well, what, what point is that? How good is that? It could be running the projector on the back. Well, do they, if I even need it. It could be just part of our hello team at the door. You're like, well, will they even miss me today? Yeah, we missed you today. We do. And Nehemiah said, I cannot come down. The work is too great. I was at a conference last week, and one of the speakers said, <clears throat> you can either manage your time or your time will manage you. And so one thing I've set up in my own life and as, a, as a system um, of helping accomplish what I want to do each week, and so what I've done is on Monday and Tuesday, I will not meet with anybody. So if any of you are like, why doesn't Jeremiah ever meet with me on a Monday or Tuesday? Here's why. Because I want to have my message done by Tuesday at the end of work. So Monday and Tuesday, I'm going to focus on that so that I can have Wednesday and Thursday to do the other things I need to do. So I'm going to say, no, I cannot come down right now because I've got to get done what God is calling me to do. That's what Nehemiah does. Even after Nehemiah says this, four times they come at Nehemiah saying, come, come. They even get to Nehemiah and they say, hey, they get to this priest. And this priest says, hey, Nehemiah, they're going to come and try to kill you tonight. They're going to come and try to get you. Hide with me in the temple. And Nehemiah says, get behind me, Satan. Satan be hating. He says, no, no, no. I know nobody can go in the temple except for God. I'm not going in there. You're just another distraction. You're trying to disqualify me. And how many times in life has something tried to disqualify you? A a temptation to cheat at work. A temptation to cheat at school. A temptation to cheat on your spouse. A temptation to cheat on your boyfriend or girlfriend. A temptation to cheat on anything in life. To do something a little easier, a little simpler. To cut corners to say, well, I remember when I was at construction, we'd say, well, I can't see it from my house, so it must be good enough. Hmm. And Nehemiah says, no, I'm I'm not going to let anything disqualify me. Nothing. And so here's what happens. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15 and 16. So the wall was completed on the 25th day of the month of Ella. In how many days? 52 days. It says, when all of our enemies heard of it, and all the nations surrounding us saw it, it says they lost their confidence. Why? For they recognized that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. With the help of our God. They didn't give up. They didn't quit because Nehemiah kept encouraging them. And the enemy kept coming after them. But all of a sudden, the wall was finished. The gates were hung. Everything was finished. In 52 days, an entire city's walls were done. 
Some of you are looking going, I've been living in my house for 12 years and my backyard's still not done. It's okay. Wives, no nudge in your husbands. Be patient. Nehemiah had a team of people. 52 days. That's what happens when you are focused on the Lord. You see, what has happened the past four years of City View, it's amazing to see how many, I think we've had like 70-something baptisms in the past four years. We've had, I don't even know how many people come to, know, come to know the Lord in the past four years. We have been able to hire people in the past four years. We've been having to give, what is it? I think we've given $40,000 um, to Arms of Love the past four years. We have helped plant churches in the past four years. We have helped push back darkness and see God do great things in the past four years. So when God's people are focused on the work, and when we call it and we look at it as a team, there's so much that can be happened. There's so much that God can do when God's people work together, and we see that here. But the thing is, you've got to have your eyes on Jesus. So how did the people do what was impossible? Here's four things that I saw, that I see in, the, in these chapters. Four ways to make the impossible possible. Number one, what did the people of Israel do? What did Nehemiah do? They prayed. They prayed. It says in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 4 and verse 9, it says, Hear, O our God, we are despised. Verse 9 it says, But we prayed to our God because of them. So how can we make the possible possible? It's through prayer. It starts there. You see, as we approach the impossible things of our life, as we hear the distractions and discouragement, what do we do? Nehemiah pointed them to God. As we seek the Lord's wisdom for City View, that is what we are calling each of us to do. Every Wednesday, what I've asked of you guys is every Wednesday at 1.09 p.m., 1.09 p.m., I ask that you set an alarm on your phone or on your watch that would remind you to pray for God's wisdom for us as we look to see what is next for City View in 2020. This last week, myself and Scott and Mark and Tony, we went and hiked Thunderbird Mountain. If you would like to join me this week on Wednesday, we didn't do it at 1.09, we did it first thing in the morning. If you would like to join me this Wednesday, meet me at Thunderbird Mountain off of Pinnacle Peak and 59th Avenue, the one that faces the Mormon Temple, that right there, in the parking lot under one of those gazebos there. I will be there at 8 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday. If you would like to join me, some of you are like, I can't hike. Well, those of you who can't hike, just stay under the gazebo. Or no, 8.15, I mean, 8.15, 8.15. Follow us on social media, you'll see the reminders. 8.15 on Wednesday morning, if you would like to join us. We're going to do this throughout the rest of this year, every Wednesday. We're going to do some later on in the day. If some of you would like to run a team, maybe do one after work, and you would like to do host a team that hikes up Thunderbird Mountain, that prays over our valley, that God would bring revival and salvation and impact and push back darkness. Darkness gets pushed back when God's people pray. That's what happens. When God's people pray, darkness runs. So how did Nehemiah get this work? He won, he prayed. Number two, there was community. Community happened. In Nehemiah 4, verse 14 and verse 20, it says, verse 14 says, when I saw their fear, I rose up and I spoke to them. And he says, come together. He says, rally around your brothers and your sisters and your daughters and your sons and your wives and your homes. He says, fight together. And then he says in verse 20, he says, at whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. We've got to have community. We've got to have unity in our church. That's the whole part of everything. Jesus talks so much about unity. 
That's why we do city groups. That's why we encourage you to serve. We encourage you to serve not just so that we can fill a spot, but there's so much community that happens there. We are living in such an isolated world where everything can happen on a phone. You can have friends on your phone. You can talk to your friends on the phone. You really could never see another person's face again if you really wanted to. You could call them, DM them, and never see them. You could stay in a home and be all alone. But God has not called us to be alone. He's called us to live life together. So not only did Nehemiah pray, not only did he lead them in prayer, not only did he point them to community, but he told them they needed to stay focused. Nehemiah 6.3 says, So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. We need to stay focused on what God has given us. That's why it's so important to be able to say no to some things and yes to others. You got to know, where am I going? What is it God is calling me to be? We got to stay laser focused. You have to think, what is it that God wants me to do? What is the great thing that God is calling me to do? Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 says, Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. So Nehemiah leads them in prayer. He tells them they need to stay in community. He says, if you want to accomplish the impossible, you've got to stay focused. And the last thing is, if it's, it's, it's got to be all about God. If it's not about him, nothing matters anymore. Nothing will happen. Because God is the one that will lead us. God is the one that will guide us. God is the one that will fight for us. Nehemiah 4.14 says, when I saw their fear, I rose up and I spoke to the nobles and I said, do not be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Then verse 15 says this. It says, when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan. And then, Nehemiah, and then verse 16 says this of chapter 6. I believe that's, no, that's the right one, yeah. It says, when all of our enemies heard it and all the nations surrounding us saw it, it says they lost their confidence for they recognized that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Exodus 15.3 says, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. You see, God wants to do the same through you as he did through his people Israel. God has your best in mind. He wants to use you to accomplish much. God goes before you and he comes behind you. He wants to guide you and protect you. God is just asking you, will you trust me? God so wants to use your gifts and your talents and all he asks is for your time. You see, we are looking to do, to see what great things God is going to do through City View. I know it's only just begun. I know it's only just begun. We're only in year four, and I know there's a year 30, and there's a year 40, and there's a year where I'm done, and Scott's done, and, and we have our kids, and your kids are leading, and your kids are preaching, and your kids are serving, and your kids are leading this place, and it's no longer us. It's the next generation taking us, but it's going to take us right now to move that ball forward, to encourage them, to give them opportunities, to train them. So I ask you, God says, I want to use your gifts and your talents. Will you just trust me with your time? Will you trust God with your time? Because God wants to do the impossible through you because he sees that you are called to do great things. He's gifted you. Let him use you. Let's worship. 
Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.